the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled, The Seven Trumpets. That's The Seven Trumpets, and you can find it online at ReachingYourHeart.com. We'll bring you the first portion today. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with The Seven Trumpets. Today's Reaching Your Heart. It has been said that life is something like a trumpet. If you don't put anything in, you won't get anything out. So make sure you pour something into your life. You put your best energy, your best love, your best service into life, and let it be a trumpet call to let others know that God loves them through you and that Jesus is alive in your life. You know, in the Bible, trumpets aren't just musical instruments. Well, my son Donald wanted to play the trumpet. The only trumpet we have in our house is a big shofar horn. I brought it here before and had the kids blow it. I can't find it. I think my son either sold it or he has hid it. It's a very expensive trumpet. It costs over $150. So there's no shofar trumpet here today. But I have respect for anyone who can play a trumpet. It takes a great deal of skill and control. You know, trumpets have meaning in the Bible. They aren't just there. They have meaning wrapped around them as God's intervention in history and His intervention in your personal life. When a trumpet blows for God, it means God is near you and God will intervene to save you if you let Him. When God came down on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19, the sound of the trumpet heralded His coming to give the law of Moses to the world. I mean, God didn't just come down and slip in in some kind of secret kind of coming at Mount Sinai. He blew the trumpet, the mountain shook, lightning, fire, and earthquake, and He came down that way. Exodus 19.19 records, And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. You know, in Joshua 6, trumpets were carried by the priests before the Ark of the Covenant that contained God's law that was given at Mount Sinai. And after the priests blew trumpets seven times, the walls of Jericho fell down. It was Sinai all over again. Why? Because with the sound of the trumpets, with the Ark of the Covenant there, with the law of God in the Ark of the Covenant, God, the great God of Sinai, was there to deliver His people and to lead them forward. The Bible is very clear in Joshua 6.4 that the seven trumpets were used to bring the walls of Jericho down. And according to the text, these seven trumpets were the trumpets that were used to announce the Holy Jubilee. That was the trumpet blast at the end of 49 years that announced to all those who were captives, to all those who were in bondage, that it was time for them to be set free. It was time for the land that was owned by another to go back to the family ownership. It was time to restore all things. It was the Sabbath trumpet. Trumpets represent the intervention of God to defeat your enemies and set you free for God. So when you're in trouble, get a trumpet in your house and blow it. Let God know that you need to be remembered. It happened at Sinai. It happened at Jericho. And guess what? It will happen again when Jesus returns. The trumpet will sound. 
When you read the Bible, you cannot escape the fact that the trumpet is the voice of God either working through an angel or working through a person who blows it, but it is the intervention of God to bring people back to God, to bring God to them when they need them, and to open a pathway for men and women to be saved. It is the alarm of God to wake you up when you are spiritually asleep. It is the horn that God uses to get your attention so you will not be crushed by some end-time prophetic circumstance that is out of your control. And if your ear is so dull you cannot hear His call to you, then the trumpet will lose its significance in your life. In the end, the trumpet is the sound of God's intervention that heralds the coming of Jesus. How many of you ever heard the song, Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. You ever heard that song? You know, the Bible is 100% clear here. Christ will come at the last trumpet. Matthew 24, 31, He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet call and they shall gather His elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 52 as well. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. When God blew a trumpet for the first time in the Bible. He gave to the human race His holy law. The great God of the cosmic universe came down to a little mountain in Arabia, and there the mountain became a fiery, white, hot, volcanic kind of thing as Moses walked up into the fire, and from the blue stone throne of God, God carved out His holy Ten Commandment law and wrote on it with His own finger and gave it to Moses who survived the journey all the way down the mountain. And when God blows a trumpet, the voice of God speaks to us. The God that is far comes near. God blows a trumpet. He defeats your enemies if you are with Him. When God blows a trumpet, He sets the captives free if you are in captivity and you seek Him. When God blows a trumpet, the gates of hell shake and the gates of heaven open wide. When Jesus blows the trumpet for God, as God at the end of the age... He's coming back to rescue His children from the grave with the power of God that is deep inside of Him. It is a good thing when God blows a trumpet. It's no accident in the book of Revelation that the first time we see Jesus in Revelation 1.12, He's coming to John on the island of Patmos. It's very clear in the context that He has the voice of a trumpet. Christ's voice in Revelation 4.1 calls us up to God through an open door in heaven with the voice of a trumpet. So when you hear the trumpet call, when you listen well to it, you're actually hearing the voice of Jesus in your life. Friend, heaven is not afraid of getting loud in your life to get you inside that open door. Heaven's not afraid to call you up to God with a trumpet call. God is not afraid to sound the alarm that you need to hear so you can wake up spiritually and be saved. In the Old Testament, the trumpets were used for very clear purposes in the work of God. Turn with me to Numbers 10. And let's look at verses 9 and 10 together. And when you go to war in your land against the adversary who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with trumpets that you may be remembered before the Lord your God and you shall be saved from your enemies. Now, does it sound there like a trumpet is a bad thing or a good thing? It's a good thing. When the trumpet sounds, you will be saved. Now, look at verse 10. On the day of your gladness also and at your appointed feasts at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your burnt offerings. They shall serve for you 
for remembrance before your God. I am the Lord your God. Now think about it. Ancient Israel was commanded to blow a trumpet at all of these occasions so they would be remembered by God and they would be saved from their enemies. The seven trumpets in the book of Revelation are by definition, contextually, as we consider the entirety of Scripture, they are trumpets of salvation by definition. They aren't there for no reason. They aren't placed there to scare you. They are there because they communicate a message that is in agreement with the apostolic gospel. They are there for you because God wants you to be saved. God wants you to be rescued. The trumpets are for the purpose of being remembered before God. I'm going to say this, and you may or may not agree, but I believe the worst kind of hell is the hell of being forgotten and left all alone. Would you agree with me? Of simply being alone, of having to do it on your own, of having to figure out life, of facing the end of life and being alone. I think that's the worst kind of hell. Friend, the thief on the cross as he was dying for his sins. He turned to the man in the middle and he asked Jesus to remember him when he would come into his kingdom. The man in the middle was dying for the thief who was afraid of being forgotten, but more profoundly, Christ was dying with him as the thief really deserved to die at the end in the final judgment. And Jesus turned to this man who was afraid of the final hell of being alone, who said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, you will be with me in paradise. That's another way of saying, I won't forget you. I know you. You are mine. You are remembered. The thief was afraid that Jesus would not remember who he was in the final day when the kingdom comes. Christ found that lonely man and he found fellowship and the presence of Jesus on that cross more than all his days in the rowdy gang that got him there. And the thief asked Jesus, the man in the middle, to remember him on the last day. That's why there are trumpets in the Bible. Trumpets are used to call out to God for God to remember His people in trouble in history and in the last day. A trumpet here is an instrument of salvation for those who seek God, who need God, and who will be saved by God in the end. We could really call the seven trumpets the trumpets of salvation. So why are there seven trumpets in the book of Revelation? Let's ask this question. The first answer is provided in the Old Testament, the verses we just read. In Numbers 10, verse 10, it's very clear, trumpets are blown at the beginning of the month to introduce a new month. At the new moon of each month, there was a trumpet blast for the first day of that month. Now, in our family, when we had our dog Avalanche, he used to do the same thing. He would howl every now and then. But when that new moon came out, at the different cycles of the moon, we'd hear this trumpet-like howl, like the shofar horn of ancient Israel. And you could tell that he was interacting with something up there, the cycles of the moon. In fact, the cycles of the moon control everything from how the fish operate to the tides and the like. But it should also influence our religious connection to God. And so at the beginning of every new moon, there was a trumpet blast of the shofar in ancient Israel. In the Old Testament, seven trumpets were allotted also for the great feasts of Israel. So they were blown within the context of these seven months that moved from the first month of the festival system to the last month of the festival system, which was Tisra. So from the beginning of the month of Nisan, called Abib, to the seventh month of Tisra, there were seven trumpet blasts on each new moon for the Feast of Israel. And that's where the seven trumpets are coming from. The first new moon trumpet blast was the Passover month when Jesus came to die for our sins. It pointed back to the exodus from Egypt. It pointed forward to the cross of Christ. It pointed to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
Now, wrapped around that month was, were a lot of activities. The wave sheaf three days after Passover in which the priest would wave the first fruits of the dead earth before God as if to say, life has come this spring. And that was the day Jesus was resurrected. I mean, so a lot of stuff happening. Christ died on the cross at Passover in the spring at the time of the barley harvest as the Passover lamb. And He was raised from the dead as the wave sheaf of the barley, which points to the resurrection. Passover was followed by the Feast of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. So we can have a new life in freedom in a new covenant of grace. The Passover and the Feast of Pentecost were spring feasts that were connected to the barley harvest and then Pentecost, the wheat harvest. The seventh trumpet, as we move through the timeline of the trumpets, it introduces the fall feasts that point to Jesus' second coming. Now in between the spring feasts represented by the beginning of the seven months and the fall feast which occurred in the seventh trumpet, we have a time in which there was no rain. It was a summer drought. In the book of Revelation, there's no rain for 1,260 years in the Middle Ages. The seven trumpets describe the time when the apostolic harvest represented by barley and wheat comes to an end. And we enter the time in which there is no spiritual rain because the Word of God, the Gospel of Jesus, the role of Christ as our great high priest has been subverted by forces in the Middle Ages. Revelation 11 describes the summer drought of the Middle Ages before the final harvest when the seventh trumpet sounds and Jesus comes to take us home. Revelation 11.3, the Bible says, And I will grant my two witnesses power to do what? What does it say in your Bible? To prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. The Bible is very clear. For 1,260 years, prophetic truth interacted with what was going on in the Middle Ages. We've demonstrated it many times before. One day equals one year in Bible prophecy. There's over a hundred examples of this in the Old Testament. It was understood by the ancient Jewish people. The book of Daniel has a number of them there. In fact, I have been working recently in a chiastic analysis of Daniel 8 to 12. And the year for day principle is encrypted into the poetic structure of the book of Daniel. 1260 days equals 1260 literal years. Now what happened during this time? Look at verse 6, Revelation 11, 6. They have power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with every plague as often as they desire. So the 1260 years is the time in the seven trumpets when essentially we have no rain because we've moved from the spring to the summer drought. We are waiting for the seventh trumpet, the month of harvest when God restores all good things. The plagues here mentioned are the historical plagues you find in the seven trumpets. Verse 6 is not talking about the seven last plagues. It's talking about the plagues that are in the seven trumpets, not the eschatological end-time plagues that are the seven last plagues. So the time of the summer drought represents the time when God used these historical plagues in the seven trumpets, like the Black Death and other things, to call men and women back to God in the darkest days of the Middle Ages. Blood and famine and war help people to realize their need of God and to turn to Jesus Christ. In Revelation 8, 2-5, the seven trumpets are introduced with the figure of Jesus as the mighty angel of the Lord who is the Lord standing at the altar of sacrifice. The text is very clear that He has given prayers there. 
And He mixes them with His own. And with the powerful prayers of Jesus Christ, the incarnate God-man, who was the mighty guardian and protector of the Jewish nation, His people's prayers are added to the golden censer at the altar representing Gethsemane and the cross. The cross is in the outer court before you enter the holy place of the Hebrew tabernacle. And right there in the outer court of this earth, Jesus prayed for you and me. He stood at the altar. He came and He carried His cross and He stood there for you and me. And He prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And when Jesus moves from the altar to the golden altar before God, we have the transition in the trumpets from the outer court of this earth by ascension into the holy place to the altar before God Christ is here pictured beginning His intercessory ministry in the holy place. And what does He do? He takes the prayers of the cross. He takes the prayers for every human being at Gethsemane. He mingles them with His own in the golden censer. And He comes before God with those prayers. Now friend, if someone tells you that the book of Revelation does not teach the gospel, it's not clear, it's because they're not studying their Bibles. Friend, you can't get more clear than this that Christ would pray for you at the altar and He would take it to God and continue to pray for you. That's stuff I need in my life. I find it articulated here well in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is trying to say that Jesus moves from the earth to the holy place in heaven at His ascension. He moved from the altar in the outer court to the golden altar before God, just before the veil that separates the holy from the most holy. So let's just put it together. The seven trumpets starts with the beginning of Christ's ministry as our sacrifice at the altar. It then moves to the golden altar in the holy place before the most holy place. There is a movement toward God in the seven trumpets. Now look at Revelation 8, 2 and 5. I just want to read these verses so we can keep them fresh in our mind. Then I saw seven angels who stand before God. and Seven trumpets were given them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to mingle with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. Let's pause there. You ever felt like God won't pray for you? Now I want you to look at that verse in verse 3. It says, He was given much incense to mingle with the prayers of how many of the saints? All of them. Now what makes you a saint? According to 1 Corinthians, you're a saint if you call on Christ. And Paul is writing to the saints of Corinth with all of their problems. I mean, there are some serious sins the saints are struggling with. Paul calls them saints. That means if you have taken the name of Christ, if you have clung to Christ, and even if you are slipping with Christ, but Christ is in your life. Friend, Jesus is praying for you right now. The prayers are for all the saints. Hebrews 7.25 says He ever lives to make intercession for us. Every moment of your life, the prayers of Christ meet you in life. The reason your life is saved is because Jesus intercedes for you. The reason you persevere is because Christ encourages you. Verse 4, And the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints from the hand of the angel before God. Your prayers don't slip into God's throne. Your prayers don't accidentally find their way to heaven. They go from here to Christ and through His mighty hand they ascend to God. The angel took the censer and filled it with fire. Now this angel is the angel of the Lord who is the Lord. Christ, the great mighty protector of Israel, is here pictured as continuing in this role as our great advocate in the heavenly sanctuary. 
He took the censer and he filled it with fire from the altar and he threw it on the earth and there were peals of thunder, voices, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Judgments come in the seven trumpets and at the end of time because God answers the prayers of His people. The censer filled with prayers brings end time events and will eventually bring Jesus to this world. So the judgments of the seven trumpets begin from the perspective of Jesus' ministry in the holy place at the golden altar. The first trumpet is the judgment on the earth as hail and fire fall and the trees and grass are scorched and burnt. These judgments are partial because the language of a third is used here. Now analyze it. A third of this and that are burned up, meaning that God's mercy is the greater measure in history. One third is judgment, two thirds is mercy. Now that's how it works until the seven plagues come and then it's all judgment. All of this, all of that, three-thirds judgment. So as we live in time, God's not out to hurt you. He's out to help you. One-third judgment, two-thirds mercy. The second trumpet falls on the sea and a mighty mountain sinks into the sea. It represents the end of a great world kingdom that existed at the time of Christ. And so the world is transitioning to a new phase in the Middle Ages. The third trumpet is the language of apostasy as sweet waters become bitter with wormwood. Wormwood was the drink of spiritual adultery. And so the harlot of the book of Revelation is here suggested in the third trumpet. The fourth trumpet sounds and a third of the light of the sun and moon and stars is taken away from the day and night. And we know what the sun represents in the Bible. It represents God's Word. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light on my path. The brightest lamp is the sun. And so God's Word is obstructed in the Middle Ages. And those who proclaim it, represented by the stars, their light is dimmed. And so the truth is obscure and the lamp of God's light grows dim. In the fifth trumpet, the sun is blotted out and locusts appear to persecute those who have the light. Locusts appear upon the earth as they try to gobble up God's people who do not yet have the seal of the living God. Now, as we work through the trumpets, I'm going to show you that during the Counter-Reformation, there were men and women who understood the fifth trumpet who stood against evil and who died for Christ and they had a proper understanding of the fifth trumpet. The fifth trumpet describes the counter-reformation era before the end time events come upon the world when God's people will receive the seal of God. So it's before that time. The persecutions of the fifth trumpet are on those who do not yet have the seal of God. His servants are doing their best in the fifth trumpet to be obedient, to have faith in God, but they don't have all the truth just yet. So without the seal of God, it's a hard time for them. But they endure. From the first trumpet to the fifth trumpet, the focus is on Jesus and His work in the holy place of the heavenly sanctuary. His place in ministry is defined as the golden altar where He takes His place to intercede for centuries as our great high priest. When the sixth angel blows the sixth trumpet, we are still in the holy place of the first apartment of the heavenly sanctuary. And the sixth trumpet, the four angels are released at the river Euphrates. And as you go down a little further in Revelation 10.1, the book of Daniel is opened. It's clearly the time of the end. Now these four angels aren't bad angels. When you really dig in, you look at it. And we're going to, as we go through the trumpets in more detail, they're really good angels that are working with the book of Daniel to bring the world to an end. Revelation 9.13. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet. And I heard what? What does it say in verse 13? I heard a, a voice. Now think about that. When Christ started His ministry in the holy place before the golden altar, it says in verse 5 that there were voices there. 
And so we see right here in the sixth trumpet, they're still coming from the golden altar. That means that we are still in the holy place as we are moving through time to the end of time. The sixth trumpet is holy place time. Verse 13, Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Now these four angels are four good angels who have been prepared, who have been bound. We will learn that the book of Daniel predicted that the words would be shut up. Angels carry words for the time of the end. And so these angels are kept in hold until prophetic time comes along. The hour, the day, the month, and the year. The end of a prophetic time chronology for God's Word to interact with an unsealed book of Daniel to bring Jesus back to earth. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, remember that there are many more of these sermons available for you at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast, or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon, and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts. And you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. Spiritualism, in a variety of forms, is making its way through the Western world. The afterlife, the spirit world, and spirit mediums can be found in movies, best-selling books, and popular TV programs. These themes are making their way into our children's entertainment, even. We have this free book to help you understand things a little bit better entitled Dark Tunnels or Bright Lights. This book candidly reveals biblical truth about this subject and pulls the curtain aside to reveal why there is so much interest in this topic. The book reveals the deceptions of spiritualism based on biblical teachings so that you can confidently discern truth from error as the topic continues to gain momentum across all levels of society. Now, this book is absolutely free. You can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. Thanks for tuning in, and we pray that God is reaching your heart and growing you up in Christ through these messages. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.